0: This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast.
1: We think you'll learn something. Now
0: remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live. Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week.
1: Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show.
0: Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. (laughs) it's time for school
2: rock school
0: with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. It's oh, so you have Al a weird Yank. Al Yankovic chasm in the marriage. We- and Beth
1: West. So, were there people who said yes, absolutely, I saw his
0: junk. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, and school is underway here on the campus of Southeastern Louisiana University, where we are broadcasting from. Welcome back to actual classes. Yeah,
1: actual classes. Woohoo! <laughs> you, I'm you, so excited.
0: And you just can't hide it. I know. I'm Joe Burns. You are Beth West. Now, today's show has to do with a television show. Do you remember a show? back from the 1950s called You Are There.
1: I have heard of it. It was with Walter Cronkite, right? Exactly. Good for yeah. you.
0: If you in the audience, radio listening audience, have not heard of it, You Are There started on radio to begin with. Most people know it as the television show that you're talking about with Walter Cronkite. But here's the concept. The television show, and that's what we'll focus on so most people know about it, what they would do is time shift a news program. For example, the the crashing of the Hindenburg, which was the very first you are there television program, they would pretend that they were on the air when the event happened.
1: Okay, so they pretended TV existed when the Hindenburg crash kind of thing and they report would they report it as if it was happening right now. Exactly that.
0: You know, the, the, the fall of Rome. This is Walter Cronkite reporting on the fall of Rome. I don't think so. But But that would be,
1: yeah, because there wasn't exactly a a day when they're like, this was it.
0: That's right. Today is the day. Today, Rome It is all over. It is all over. But they would, uh, the Hindenburg was the first one they did. But you are there. And they would, because they had the, 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 I guess, the the pleasure of hindsight, they could do a much better reporting on what was happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would give them a little bit more... Leeway and what they could say. And they could always go back and look at the official transcripts. Is exactly. that what they did? Exactly. They
0: would know what was going on. So I'm going to do a You Are There on the Rock School Radio show. So what I've done is gone back and looked at a series of rock and roll, I guess, specific events. And I've gone into YouTube, which is a fantastic source, and I have found the original radio or television news broadcast of the event.
1: Oh, so. Now you've transcribed it. And so we're going to kind of. I'm going to play it.
0: Sure. Okay. And I'm not going to read it. I'm going to play it.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Right. So we'll start. We're not going to. I thought we were going to act it out. And we'd oh, be gosh, like, no. oh, no.
0: No, I am not. My acting (laughs) skills included one college play where I brought a tray with a glass on stage and went, thank you, ma'am, that's it. I had four
1: lines in my senior play in high school. It would be a disaster, but I bet it would be
0: pretty hilarious. It would, but a disaster nonetheless. (laughs) Leonard Skinner's plane crash, October 20th, 1977. Three days after the release of Street Survivors, only five shows into what was going to be their most successful headlining tour to date. I mean, why do they know most successful? Sold out. It had already sold out. Oh, easily. I mean, these guys were going to be major, major stars. They chartered a Convair CV300. And as most people know, it simply ran out of fuel on a flight from Greenville, South Carolina, where they had just performed at the Memorial Auditorium. And they were going to where? Do you know? Do you know where they were going? Were they coming
1: to New Orleans? or LSU. They were going to LSU, the Baton Rouge. That's right. I knew they were coming somewhere in Louisiana. That's
0: right. And as soon as the story broke, the best I could find, or the earliest report I could find, was two radio broadcasts. And these are them back-to-back, followed by a Leonard Skinner song right here in Rockstar.
3: Three members of the country rock group, Leonard Skinner, were among six people killed when a twin-engine plane crashed in a southeastern Mississippi swamp. The dead were lead singer Ronnie Van Zant, guitarist Steve Gaines, and Gaines' sister, vocalist Cassie Gaines. Authorities say it appears the pilot was trying to crash-land the plane after running low on fuel but struck treetops near Macomb, Mississippi, on the Louisiana border. As leader of the group, Van Zant helped create country rock hits like Free Bird and Sweet Home, Alabama.
0: Record industry spokesman said this was one of the top five rock groups in the country. Leonard Skinner. Its latest album, Street Survivors, had already gone gold after its release this week. The group took its name from a teacher who expelled three of the musicians from a Florida high school ten years ago for wearing long hair. Three members of the group, including its leader, Ronnie Van Zandt, were among the six people killed in this crash. Some of the 20 survivors said several members of the group had argued against taking the plane. They were going to vote on whether to continue flying in it after a concert tonight. Investigators said the plane ran out of gas and crashed 200 yards short of where the pilot had hoped to set it down. Although several members of the group survived, a spokesman said the band will never play again under its old name. Bob Brown, ABC News. Leonard Skinner, now you got the concept of the show. I love it. Clever. I love
1: hearing all these things. It's interesting.
0: Now you've looked over all of the elements I brought here and you said, no, let's not just do plane crash after plane crash after plane crash. Well, we could do an
1: entire show on rock star plane crashes.
0: Easily. Easily. You chose. Uh, oddly enough, Jim Morrison exposing himself in Miami.
1: Well, yeah, I did choose that. and Now the audience knows a little bit more about me. I would choose the exposing of Jim Morrison over a lot of other things.
0: Whether he did it or not is the real question. Uh, It apparently happened during a March 1st, 1969 concert at the Dinner Key Auditorium Miami. Morrison uh, attempted to spark a riot in the audience. He failed. They didn't want a riot for him, but a warrant for his arrest was issued by Dade County Police Departments three days later for indecent exposure. That's why most people think it didn't happen. They couldn't get him on inciting a riot because nobody rioted. So, so they needed to, needed to nail him on something.
1: But, but the, were there people who said, yes, absolutely, I saw his junk...
0: I assume they found people that Come were out. able to say that kind of thing. So I have here a I'd couple of... I'd
1: like to of, think he did it.
0: I, so would I. Let's
1: go ahead and just debauchery. <laughs> I think so,
0: too. <laughs> what you have is uh, a press conference with the people who decided to take down Jim Morrison, followed by Backdoor Man, right here in Roxco. President
3: of the Greater Miami Crime Commission, I'm calling upon the Dade County Grand Jury and the State Attorney's Office to immediately take criminal action against those that were responsible for the deplorable condition and situation that occurred at the Dade County Auditorium this past weekend when the group known as the DOORS, the rock and roll group, attempted to precipitate a riot. This situation is a blot upon our community and those that are responsible for profiting as a result of depravity and immorality as occurred here and where you have children from 9 to 14 years of age, being subjected to such obscenities, uh, certainly immediate action is demanded, and we are demanding that action this day.
4: We have taken out two warrants for Jim Morrison. One of them is for indecent exposure. The other is for the use of obscene languages uh, during his performance uh, at Dinner Key Saturday night. We have been delayed on issue these warrants because we had to wait until we were able to get a copy of uh, recordings that were taken by public minded uh, people who attended uh, this performance. And also, we were waiting, hoping to get pictures that were taken during the performance.
0: Jim Morrison, maybe, maybe maybe not, exposed himself. But on the Rock School Radio show, we're going with yes, yes, Yes. just because it would be more fun.
1: It's so much more fun to think about.
0: Do you know what most people believe was the big story that was broken by MTV? You know, they had a news. You know, division.
1: Well, yeah, they had a news division. I grew up with that. That's where I got my news from, pretty much, from the ages of about 12 to 17, 18, probably. What was the big
0: story they broke? Um, Beat beat every major news department to it.
1: Well, then they would have to be really well established. And so, early 90s, was it Kurt Cobain? It was.
0: It was Kurt Cobain. I remember distinctly hearing about it, and then instead of running to... I don't know if CNN was on the air at that point in time. It wouldn't have mattered. My dad wouldn't have purchased cable if, you know, you would have put a gun to his head because you can get free TV out of the air. Yeah, right. The so, air brings it to you. Right. Instead of running to a major network, I ran to MTV. I mean, went to another yeah. friend's house and caught it there. And remember watching Kurt Loder. And I can't remember what the, the young lady's name was that was on there. Tabitha Soren. I think it was. And I was.
1: Yeah, I was coming up with it. It would have taken me about 30 more seconds.
0: And they, they covered it very, very well. Well,
1: they. I feel like still when I hear their voices, I'm like, I trust you. They are my. Isn't that strange? That Kurt Loder is my Walter Cronkite.
0: He was a uh, a reporter, if I'm not mistaken, for Rolling Stone. Yes, I and then so. was brought over. They paid him a bunch of money to and legitimize. Legitimize.
1: That's the exact word I was going to use. Like, right. He legitimized MTV. Yeah,
0: I think, and it was it was a good idea. I it remember worked.
1: that exact broadcast from when I went home because I was a teenager right so people were very like this is my music in 1994 I was 16 years old
0: April 8th 1984 or pardon me 1994 1994 guy named Gary Smith who was an electrician went up to the Lake Washington home to do some work uh, install a security system and saw Kurt Cobain lying on the floor and said he believed he was asleep and kept banging on the door you know Excuse me. So we
1: could see him Excuse through the me. window. Excuse yeah. me.
0: He finally, you know, sort of stuck his head in far enough, thinking, you know, he was asleep or passed out or something. Right. And then noticed the shotgun. That's when he made the phone call. So it was an electrician that found him. So we kept talking about Kurt Cobain. This is Kurt Loder explaining the Kurt Cobain death, how it broke it on MTV. It still gives me
1: chills. Just it does. A lot of these things, I was, I was too young or I wasn't alive when they first happened, so... And This this is my first-hand experience kind of thing.
0: Was Sounds like this, followed by Heart-Shaped Box on Rock School.
4: Rock's most gifted and promising band's Nirvana is dead, and this is the story as we know it so far. Cobain's body was found in a house in Seattle on Friday morning. He was dead of an apparently self-inflicted shotgun blast to the head. Police found what is said to be a suicide note at the scene, but have not yet divulged its contents. Cobain, who was 27, had reportedly been missing for about six days, according to his mother. The Los Angeles Times reported on Wednesday that Nirvana was breaking up and that Cobain was planning to undergo drug rehabilitation. A source close to the band told MTV News earlier this week that while that story sounded bad, it was better than what was, quote, really going on. That comment remains to be clarified. Cobain's body was found in a house in Seattle where he had previously lived and which he still owned. It was discovered by an electrician who had showed up at around 8.40 a.m. this morning, Friday morning, to do some work at the house. He looked in a window and said he recognized the body on the floor inside as Cobain's. Before calling police, the electrician first called a local radio station to break the news. Although at press time, police were declining to officially identify the body as that of Cobain, pending notification of next of kin, a reporter for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer who was on the scene ID'd the body as Cobain's. And uh, several other news outlets have also gone public with that information. Cobain's wife, singer Courtney Love, had just canceled a UK tour. She was not over there yet with her band Hole. Her current whereabouts are unknown, but she is presumably with the baby daughter she had with Cobain, Frances Bean. For the, we're going to take a look, at, uh, look back at Kurt Cobain, his music the band's music and the loss of a real a gentle and wonderful guy.
5: So.
0: Out of Nirvana, we uh, are a little late in time because we're playing these, not only the songs, but right, the clips but going along with it. Too. Did you like the monkeys at when all? When
1: I was little, they were playing the reruns of the monkeys on Nickelodeon or something like yeah. that. And so I loved the monkeys. Me and my brothers and sisters, when I was, I must have been like nine or ten, my mom had a tape of their best of because she was young when of they came here. out. Yeah. yeah. And so we memorized their best of. I, I love the monkeys. Over and over and over and over.
0: I love their music and I actually love the, the television show. Oh, it was yeah. On I probably I was would up. still
1: love the television show, even though I loved it when I was young. It's, it's just silly.
0: Now, whereas I don't have the time to play a monkey song because we're in the first break and we got to go into a commercial. What I do have here is a monkeys commercial from back in 1965. So it's for the show? Right, pitching the show. Oh, good. So I I can't wait that would to be hear kind it. of fun. So let's quickly say hello to an affiliate. Hello, K R F Y, Sandpoint, Idaho. Who do you have?
1: Hello, K M C E Erie, Pennsylvania.
0: Superb. Get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. So we will hit a monkeys right into our regular sponsorship and then out and we'll talk about another event in rock and roll, monkeys now on rock school.
2: Man, they're the most. Man, they're the monkeys. Take the wildest ride of your life with the world's zaniest string quartet. Swing with the monkeys at 7.30, 6.30 Central Time.
0: All right, we need a short one to get us to the bottom of the hour and you're saying you know yeah hey, we could just do airplane crashes again and it's again and cheating. again yeah,
1: there's tons of them
0: all right well let's do an airplane crash and i ha- i'm just looking here just on this page i have 3 aircraft disasters not well, all airplanes air, but, but
1: some kind of flying right. object
0: the day the music died back in Mason City, Iowa, here, uh, it says that an aviation accident occurred February 3rd, 1959. How about that? I had no idea. It killed Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper, uh, J.P. Richardson's The was, Big Bopper. Yeah,
1: Was that the first real air disaster in rock and roll?
0: Um, I'm trying to think. Patsy Cline also died in a plane crash, and I don't remember what year that occurred, And I remember that that being... after. Was it after? I don't remember. I'm going
1: to have to look that up at the break. But um, yeah, I bet that was the first one. And it still feels like when you talk about plane crashes, I don't know about everybody else. That's the one I think of. Glenn
0: Miller died in a plane crash, but that was during the war. Those things happened. And so now Uh,
1: we really can understand why Little Richard did pray to God and say that he would be a... You can say it. He would devote his life to him if he just saved him because a lot of people died in plane crashes. You can say it.
0: Here is the broadcast from KGLO. I guarantee they called themselves KGLO kglo radio it's 51 seconds explaining the crash uh near clear lake iowa killing all three of the rock stars immediately followed by chantilly lace by the big bopper here on rock school
2: we interrupt this program for a special news bulletin three young singers who soared to the heights of show business on the current rock and roll craze were killed today in the crash of a light plane in an iowa snow flurry the singers were identified as Richie Vallon, 17, Buddy Holly, 22, and J.P. Richardson, known professionally as the Big Bopper. The aircraft, chartered from the Dwyer Flying Service, crashed near Mason City, ironically the setting for the prominent musical The Music Man. The pilot, Roger Peterson of Clear Lake, Iowa, was also killed. The three singers had appeared at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa last night and were on their way to Fargo, North Dakota. Their small, chartered plane crashed in a lonely farmyard about 15 miles northwest of Mason City. Cause of the crash was due to inclement weather conditions. Details upcoming from Action Central News. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. (laughs) Oh, you sweet thing. Do I want... Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like Chantilly lace and a pretty face. So fun, spend my money, make me feel real loose, like a long neck goose
1: like a girl. Oh, baby, that's
2: what I like.
0: All right, coming out of Chantilly lace again. 1959 was the day the music died. That was the crash of the three rock stars. Right, the big what year rock. was Patsy Cline?
1: 1963. Okay, so it knows. was after. But you, you, as you said, Glenn Miller died in World War II. 44. So, so right, he may have been the first pop star Kind yeah. of to die in a plane crash.
0: Yeah, I, you know, again, I'm sure somebody out there with much more knowledge base of this and who's doing more research, is near a computer, will be able to do it. Guarantee it. But Guarantee the it. Book. We have to do seven days in 70 seconds. We're going to come right. out with one from the Beatles before they were the Beatles. My hands. But just before waving. they were the Beatles. Just before. Yeah. Just before. Let's do these dates: so August 19th, all the way through August 25th. Something that happened on these dates that makes it a rock and roll day. I've Believe you have Monday there, Beth. Go.
1: Monday, August nineteenth, nineteen seventy-three. Rita Coolidge married Chris Christopherson. Who is that, please?
0: Rita Coolidge. Yes. She's a singer. Oh, okay. There you go. How's that? (laughs) August twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven. Alabama Governor Fob James. Where other than Alabama could you you Bob Bob James,
1: Yeah, it's an Alabama name.
0: He finally came on board on a stretch of Highway 65 that goes through Alabama and Georgia was renamed the Hank Williams Memorial Lost Highway.
1: Well deserved. Hmm? August 21st, 1996, David Burns sued the remainder of the band The Talking Heads to stop them from touring as The Heads.
0: Yep. August 22nd, 2003, the IRS confiscated personal belongings to pay back taxes owed by Peebo Bryson.
1: August 23rd, 1995, Natalie Merchant became the first artist to give an online chat at Electra's new site on the web.
0: Very nice. August 24th, 1990, Sinead O'Connor refuses to play a concert in New Jersey if the national anthem was played to the crowd before she took the stage, something they did at this concert hall. An uproar ensues afterwards once the story gets out, and her music was banned from radio across the state. Not a governmental ban. The radio stations themselves decided to go ahead and do it. And then finally, August 25th, 1994, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page recorded their MTV Unplugged show called Unleaded. Nice. Uh, and that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds. Now, not to do another plane crash, let's do one that's fun. Yeah,
1: let's play with your emotions. A rollercoaster of emotions yes. on this show.
0: CBS News, uh, the 21st of November, 1963, they were talking about. This band from Liverpool, I think, somewhere mm-hmm. over there. Uh, we've not heard of them. They were called the Beatles, and they were coming in B O A C. Uh, they have this new single called "I Want to Hold Your Hand," and it's doing okay on the charts.
1: Just okay. It's, it's doing Just all okay. right. Yeah. Maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll do okay over here.
0: And the CBS Morning News sent out one of their reporters uh, named James. Or, I'm sorry, Carol James, and uh, he decided to a little bit of a you may want to watch these guys they may do well in the next few years And it sounds like this here on rock school
2: yeah 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 those are the beatles those are and this is Beatle land formerly known as britain where an epidemic called Beatlemania has seized the teenage population especially female some of the girls can write and they belong to the Beatle fan club The Beatles sound like insect life, but it's spelled B-E-A-T, beat, and these four boys from Liverpool with their dish mop hairstyles are Britain's latest musical and, in fact, sociological phenomenon. They have introduced what their press agents call the Mersey sound after the River Mersey on which Liverpool stands. And though musicologists say it is no different than any other rock and roll, except maybe louder, It has carried the Beatles to the top of the heap. In fact, they have met royalty, and royalty is appreciative and impressed. Wherever the Beatles go, they are pursued by hordes of screaming, swinging juveniles. They and their press agents have to think up all sorts of ways to evade their adoring fans. Thousands of teenagers in every city and town stand in line all night to get tickets for their touring show. Girls faint when the tickets run out. The other night, the Beatles played Bournemouth, the South Coast Family Resort, and Bournemouth will never be the same. The Beatles, who started their act at the waterfront pubs of Liverpool, are now clicking off $5,000 a week in one-night stands. They have sold two and a half million records. They lead the hit parade. They get the biggest fan mail on record. They have inspired the sheepdog hairdo. They are also credited with having saved the sagging British corduroy industry. And besides being merely the latest objects of adolescent adulation and culturally the modern manifestation of compulsive tribal singing and dancing, the Beatles are said by sociologists to have a deeper meaning. Some say they are the authentic voice of the proletariat. Some say they are the authentic heart of Britain in revolt against the American cult of pop singers, represented by Elvis Presley and the long line of his British imitators. Some say the Beatles represent authentic British youth or British youth as it would like to be, self-confident, natural, direct, decent, vital, throbbing. The Beatles themselves seem to have no illusions. They symbolize the 20th century non-hero as they make non-music wear non-haircuts give non-mercy. And meanwhile, yeah, 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 the fan mail keeps rolling in, and so does the money. This is Alexander Kendrick in Beatleland. Now somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota, there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. Uh, And one day his woman ran off with another guy, hitting young Rocky in the eye. Rocky didn't like that, he said, I'm gonna get that boy. So one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon A rocky
1: raccoon checked into his room Only to find Gideon's Bible A rocky had come equipped with a gun
0: Now we just did the Beatles. We
5: did. Yeah, the Beatles.
0: Start of the Beatles. Right. Well, let's talk about the end. Of one of the Beatles.
1: Really the end of the Beatles, I would say, because probably everyone was still holding out a little bit of like a, maybe they'll get back together one right. day.
0: And they almost got together a little earlier than this mm-hmm. event because there was that joke on Saturday Night Live, you know, let's not goof around. I think Lauren Michaels held up a check for like $1,000 or something yes, like that.
1: I re- I've seen that. Clip. And I Paul McCartney yeah. went
0: to John Lennon's house. Let's go. It'll let's be go. So funny that if we would just be win. funny. Yeah. It really would. And it, it, if I'm not mistaken, the four of them were in the city and it could have happened. It
1: could have happened. That would have been wonderful. That, oh, that would have been wonderful. What could have been.
0: But instead this happened. John Lennon was shot December 8th, 1980. And the old trivia question goes, who first announced john lennon's death now real beatles fans immediately know it do you do know they? who announced john lennon's death the first person the newscaster it's not even a newscaster it's that not got a newscaster annou- no it's not no, i
1: really don't i i honestly do not
0: you ready for this i'm i'm prepared it was it was announced on a sports program monday night football howard cosell <gasps> oh, was the person yeah. who announced I knew that john at one lennon's time, death and i've
1: forgotten i forgot about that and that's, I mean, Howard Cosell is such a, you know, a name in broadcasting that everyone knows, except that he's associated with sports. But it's kind of fitting because he's so iconic.
0: Right. And he announced it twice during the game. Uh, you hear Al Michaels attempting to announce the game and he keeps breaking in. And John Lennon had actually come into the booth with with. um I'll come up with it. Uh, I, I don't think it was with Michaels, but it certainly was with Howard Cosell.
1: For a Monday Much Night earlier. Football game? I or... believe it was a
0: Monday Night Football game, but earlier really? on. Sure, and I had done an interview with him. Now, obviously not this game, but right, an earlier game. Right, of course, game. that would be so. kind
1: of insa- insane com- sure. coincidences.
0: This is how it happened, uh, and it sounded like this. Howard Cosell announcing the death of john lennon followed by i'm losing you here on rock school
2: but it's suddenly been placed in total perspective for us i'll finish this they're in the hurry up offense third down four (laughs) foreman it'll be fourth down kavanaugh will let it run down for one final attempt he'll let the seconds tick off to give miami no opportunity whatsoever Timeout is called. Three seconds remaining. John Smith is on the line, and I don't care what's on the line, Howard. You have got to say what we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game, no matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City. The most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles. Shot twice in the back. Rushed to Roosevelt Hospital. Dead on arrival. Hard to go back to the game after that newsflash, which in duty found we had to take. Frank. Indeed it is. Three seconds remain. John
0: Break here on Rock School, and uh, we are late in the hour, so I'll tell you, I'm going to do one that I don't really have a good song for. The song I was going to play for this headline element was Don't Download This Song by Weird Al Yankovic. And that's
1: very, very prescient. That is absolutely the song you need to play for it but doesn't relate specifically
0: but I'm making a good uh, choice not playing a Weird Al Yankovic song
1: uh, my husband would say that that's not a good choice I would say that's an excellent choice to not play a oh Weird so you have a Weird Al
0: Yankovic chasm in the marriage
1: We oh, yeah. Is yes. what you're saying?
0: Okay. Yes. Well, uh, let's say hello to our affiliates first. Hello, KPVL, The Blend, up there in uh, Postville, Iowa. Thank you.
1: Hello, WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. I like that one. There's a lot of Bs. It's fun to say. <laughs> is
0: it is. It comes out strong. Yeah, it really does. Lovely. The original Napster and copyright law thing. Now, it's turned into sort of the Metallica. Metallica's a jerk. Madonna's a jerk. Lars Ulrich's Ulrich's a a jerk. I still can't look at him without thinking.
1: I know. I'm Uh, I'm the same way.
0: I'm the same way. But when it first broke... It broke out on Headline News. Headline News was oh. one of the first new things. It was a, a breakaway from CNN. CNN decided what we'll do is we'll run a half-hour newscast and it again and again, recycles, and again and again, yeah. again. Right. and again and again. It made sense. I loved it.
1: Yeah, especially before the internet when you could just go look at stuff. Right. You could just name your time when you wanted to know what the news of the day was. Right.
0: Any half hour, turn it on. You had a half-hour newscast, and it, it was a brilliant idea at it the time. It really was. It really was. It broke out on headline news, and the original Napster concern was not so much of music, but it was a question of copyright. And there well, weren't yeah. really stars losing their mind. It was really just starting to bubble up, and then it just explodes out. And I have here one of the earliest things I could find on the Napster copyright law. I'm concern. really
1: interested to hear this. What it Very is is a, a
0: question of uh, they're they're talking about the programs that kids can use because back when it got started, the programs weren't just simply distribution sites for scumware and viruses. Right. They actually worked. Oh, I remember. It worked well, too. I
1: am not saying I've ever pirated anything, but I I'm have. familiar with how it works. Of course yeah, I have. I have. We all, everybody we, everybody has at some point.
0: Yeah, sure. Sounds like this. We'll then uh, go straight into our sponsorship and then come back with another one right here in Roxbury.
4: Legal troubles over copyright infringement aren't slowing down Napster. The song-swapping company is now in the top 50 list of most visited sites on the web, according to Media Metrics. And spinoffs are on the way. Paul Verkammen reports.
3: The latest move in the legal chess game between the recording industry and Napster is in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Internet Music Sharing Service filed a brief Friday asking a lower court injunction against Napster be reversed. While the fate of the case is up in the air... Trading technology keeps charting new ground. Scour is the latest target of the entertainment industry's legal guns who are now suing the company. Scour offers a free program that not only facilitates the trading of music, but also images and movie files. But downloading movies on the Internet requires much more time, effort, and technology than simply swapping music. Still, musicians are concerned. If they think Napster's bad, I can tell I can tell you there's a lot worse coming. You know, the software that's, f- f- you know, that is untraceable
2: just around the corners.
3: Sites QtMX, Nutella, and iMesh offer file exchanges. The soon to come Freenet will offer completely anonymous and untraceable file trading. It's the Medusa head with just multiple arms coming at you. Uh, you, you fix that problem and new technologies over here to take over uh that that's why there has to be an overall uh philosophical and legal uh, understanding about well then how does an artist get paid for what they do over cam cnn entertainment news hollywood
0: Okay, final break here on Rock School, and I'm looking at what I have left over, Beth, and I just, I don't have enough for a second show, but I do but have a bunch. But interesting stuff. Well, I have a bunch left over, and since we're recording two shows today, I can't go and find more information and do a second show next week. So what I'm going to do is go grab six or seven more, and later on in the year, I'm going to do a second show Let's like do part this. Two. Part I think two. it's a good idea. Part two. Let's finish on a plane crash, only because it, it's it's just... Prolific. There's so many so many of them. Sure. Randy Rhodes. The guitarist for the original Ozzy Osbourne band. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Randy dies in this small plane crash after buzzing the tour bus that Ozzy Osbourne was asleep in. Uh, They were on a piece of property belonging to Jerry Calhoun, owner of a Florida motor coach place in Leesburg, Florida. So So he was
1: out for a joyride, basically. The audio
0: was not the best on it, but it came from uh, a television station that announced it immediately following in Florida. And I'm going to play that and go right into uh, Randy Rose playing with Ozzy Osbourne. So that wraps it up, and we'll come back later on in the year with more of these, because I think the You Are There show is a decent topic. I'm Joe Burns.
5: I'm Beth West. That'll do it. Class
0: is dismissed. According
5: to police, the three were on an early morning joyride after staying up over 24 hours. While some members of the Ozzy Osbourne band slept in their tour bus parked next to the house, the other three buzzed overhead, circling the bus three times. On the fourth time, they didn't make it.
2: Uh, The plane had been flying treetop level roughly three times and then after uh, the fourth pass he tipped the bus on the opposite side and then it went over the top of the bus the plane did
3: and hit a pine tree in the front yard and after it hit the pine tree it nosedived into the home
5: the home then burst into flames and killed were the band's lead guitarist hairdresser and bus driver 36 year old andrew icock who was also the plane's pilot they were flying in a Beechcraft bonanza like this one No one was injured in the home, which is reportedly owned by country music singer Jerry Calhoun. The band was on a tour, which included a concert this weekend at the T-Bowl. Police say the band's bus driver lived nearby and brought the band here for a brief stop before continuing on. Near Leesburg, Marty Salt, Channel 9, Eyewitness News.